Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that is recording simultaneously with WWE Clash in the Castle uh, live from Cardiff. And uh, so I'm going to try and make this fast. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Go no, Welsh. I'll, I'll, yes, go Welsh. I, I'm, I, I'm sure that, I don't know, Drew McIntyre is British. He's Scottish. He's the right kind of British to be in Wales, more or less. He's not English. So well, <laughs> he, he might... He, he might be able to get put over here. We'll have to see. But um, I, I, I can watch it on the replay, too. Uh, speaking of large Scotsmen uh, who are championship people, Josh McAllen uh, and the, the Buffalo McAllen and the Buffalo Bills uh, are now a fully formed team. All the lines have come together and they are the Bills Voltron of 2022. Uh, we have a couple of I'm just going to read the cuts uh, that that. that um, Paul has done. OJ Howard uh, was cut. Not Cincinnati, Paul. He has, in fact, signed with the Texans. That Houston, was his okay. It changed about ago. twice during the week. So, yep. It, I, as of 15 minutes ago, I saw a has signed. Yay. So, there you go. Uh, Nick McLeod uh, cut. I think they had said that McLeod was a guy that they felt really bad about cutting because he'd been in the system and was, you know, they never felt bad about putting him in, but he's going to go to the Giants. Uh, Luke Tenuta, Indianapolis. Kingsley uh, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan went to Chicago defensive end. If you didn't know who Kingsley was, Tanner Owen is in new Orleans offensive lineman. Uh, Eli Anku is, uh, injured. He got his, sorry, he had injury settlement. I'm almost like he was injured in Seattle, but no, it's an injury <laughs> settlement. Sorry. Um, confusing he, graphic by Paul. He was let go. Uh, the bills have signed a punter. Uh, what was his name again? He's from Tennessee. Sam Martin, Sam Martin. Thank you. He's a multi all, all pro or multi pro bowl guy. He in in the conference being said that his big quality was, you know, he was a veteran. He knew how to hold a football for for kicking purposes, really. You know, he could punt. So that that seems to make a lot of sense, um, you know, which we could maybe talk about if we talk about um, the, the punter stuff um, with regards to yeah. one of it's the gonna come up questions. in listener questions. That's yes. Okay. Right. Short term IR. Uh, Marquise Marquez Stevenson is a wide receiver, of course, as you know, he is on the short term IR. Um, Trey White and Ike Butker are both puppies, uh, they are going to be out for at least the first four weeks of the season. Um, Brandon Bean sp- said specifically with White, I remember him saying there are no setbacks with, with, with White, he is progressing, he is just not where he, you know, could be available to do that. Um, wonder if you heard the toilet flushing in the background that's great uh linebacker, <laughs> we did andre not smith. We, i did hear a slam a minute ago but I think okay that was yeah Scott. got a whole bunch of stuff uh andre smith i had forgotten was going to be suspended for the first bunch of games yeah. with the uh, peds um but that yeah, was buried in like a june news feed it's like oh yes. by the way andre smith will be suspended for six games yeah um but he's still on the team i guess he probably doesn't yeah. count against anything right now so he's like a free Right, it's like a freebie. You have to, yeah. I think you're responsible for his salary, so that's the only thing the Bills have to be concerned about tight against the cap. But this way, if there's injuries to special teamers or even a linebacker, you know, he could either be released when he comes off or if there's a need, they'll put him on the roster. Right. Uh, and then the practice squad, Matt Barkley, Greg Mance, Alec Anderson, Raheem Blackshear comes back, Duke Johnson, Tavon Austin. I guess not as many people were asking about Raheem Blackshear as we thought. Uh, Tavon right. Austin, Tanner Gentry, Isaiah Hodgins, Mike Love. Brandon Bryant, C.J. Brewer, Joe Giles-Harris, and Jamarcus Ingram round out your practice squad for the Buffalo Bills. Um, so they get rings, too, at the end of the year if everything goes well. Yes, um, if they don't change teams. 
Right. If they don't get signed by somebody else. But there you have it. That's your so th- those are all the changes. And then everybody else is exactly who you thought it would be. Um, I don't know that we have like a depth chart or anything. They usually don't do like an official depth chart on the on the team ro- roster. But like we'll get a sense of like who's starting and who isn't starting. But let's turn to Scott as we've done a lot of um, stuff here and uh, we'll see what we can do uh, in that regard. What do you think of this team, Scott? I mean, uh, obviously that the Howard not making the roster is is a bit of a bummer. I think we kind of saw that one yeah. coming. Um, you know, w- what are you going to do? Um, you know, they're not all going to win. Um, I think if if you know, part of that I think is Sweeney playing better, um, showing some stuff in preseason, and obviously we've invested. I mean, we invested in Sweeney too, obviously not quite as much as invested in Howard. So it's good that Sweeney's paying off, even if Howard isn't. Um, and ultimately, like, if the team comes down to our, you know, backup tight end being particularly good, then, you know, something's, something's gone wrong elsewhere on the roster, probably. Um, but, you know, it's it's a long season, so it's good to have depth. And um, so, you know, I think hopefully Sweeney works out. Um, other than that, I think, you know, yeah, obviously we need – I'm glad we – Procured a professional NFL punter who could also hold, kick, you know, hold for for bets. I don't know anything about Sam Martin, so I won't pretend to. Um, and then the only other thing I'll say is like, yeah, I mean Trey, I, I get it. Um, you know, like I, I think we, we were talking in the group chat about, you know, he really wasn't. You guys were saying I was probably reading this after the fact, but um, you know, he injured last Thanksgiving, really, so not shouldn't you know a year is kind of an optimistic timeline for uh, a reasonable but optimistic timeline for uh for an acl so that you know he shouldn't be coming rushing back anyway um and i am definitely worried about them rushing his back i mean i guess we'll see um how the how the corners hold up i mean um elam's looked okay um kind of a bit penalty prone as as was the read on him coming out of of florida um Obviously, we've got Dane Jackson back there. So, you know, we'll be thin at, at corner for a little bit here. So that's, you know, we, we kind of knew there was a risk there. The team did what they could to address it, short of bringing in, you know, a high-priced veteran free agent that we probably couldn't have really afforded anyway. Um, once we went all in with the, the Von Miller deal, um, I think that was our plan for fixing the corner, was just rush harder and faster, and then the corners don't have to do as much. So um, hopefully that's hopefully that strategy pays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott's done a great job in the – the high points as I jump right in, not even waiting for Frank. To no, transition this is there. good. I, it only took us 10 years to figure <laughs> out you should just jump right in, but go for it. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, the, the strategy with the corners is have a better pass rush. And I think you see that in this roster that you get Von Miller. You hope that the young guys develop. We've definitely seen AJ Panessa looking much better. It was preseason. It was practice. We'll see how that translates. Uh, we'll see how Greg Rousseau does. You were just kind of hoping that one of these guys can step up and be a force with Von Miller because you have Ed Oliver on the inside now with uh, Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. So I think they're depending on that to help with the the corner situation. It's still a concerning situation because remember in the Kansas City game, we were all we were talking and they're like, oh boy, Dane Jackson's really kind of that weak link back there. He's now the strong link. He's the guaranteed guy in that 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 defensive uh at least among cornerbacks on the list so you hope elam and benford however the rotation is are able to step up and do their job jordan poyer's already listed as questionable for the opener so that can be an issue against a very good rams offense uh i'm not going to get too much into a game preview we'll do that next pod 
But, you know, just going forward in the season, you want to get get healthier there. But at the same time, Scott's right. Don't rush him back. Get him healthy. You should be able to win enough games to get to the playoffs, to win a division, hopefully. And then yeah. you don't have to, to then as long as Trey is healthy, then is what matters. Yeah, Scott covered the punter well. Um, offensive line will be the one thing I'll mention before Frank takes over. I think they have some good depth on this line. I like that Cody Ford is gone. I still am worried about the right tackle situation. Spencer Brown, of course, was hurt a lot of the preseason, never fully won the job back from uh, Quesenberry, it seemed. Um, that could be an issue uh, going in week one. Aaron Donald's an inside guy. Again, I'll stop with the preview for the next game, but just generally let's make sure that Josh is protected on that side. But the roster as a whole, you know, the fact that they had four guys who are picked up on waivers, uh, and another guy who they cut who was picked up. It was, you know, this is really strong. It's probably the strongest roster that we've seen in the, this is what, our 12th season, 11th season? We've been doing this a long time, 11th season. And so, yeah, it's it looking good. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could only really compare it to the last two years. Yeah. Um, and it's for any sense of uh, it might not be the best roster, it, it, it almost certainly is. Um, obviously, there will be concerns. There are always concerns. I, I think Trey White's, uh, miss, I mean, he's listed as the the top corner. As I, I stand corrected, there is a deep depth chart on buffalobills.com. He is listed currently as the number one cornerback along with Dane Jackson. Um, but we all know that he won't be playing, so that's kind of weird to me. Um, but I think the only things I would like to just highlight, you guys have done a great job. I th- I, I saw some noise about like, well, it like it's it's a mistake by Bean to have like the guaranteed money with OJ Howard. Well. Already, some of that's coming off the books with whatever his contract is in in Texas. But you know, you can't you can't throw good money after bad. So the or, or he was a sunk cost. So if he's not the best tight end, or if he's not the best guy to be the tight end, you can't play him just because you paid him money. You got to go with the guy who's who's on you know who's going to contribute. I think that that's a really good attitude. I'm glad that Bean has it. Uh, everything else, um, you know, it's just the beginning of the year. Uh, I, it'll be always be interesting what we thought about this team at the beginning of the year versus what we thought at the end of the year. I'm really hoping that what will happen is people we weren't expecting to step up do, and they will, they will, uh, you know, we'll have some surprising conversations about AJ Epinesa or something that like, that would be really nice if suddenly we were, we were saying, we don't talk enough about how Boogie Basham is, is a really good defensive end, um, or second defensive end. I think that's good for now. Because it's, you know, we got plenty to do. Uh, we're going to do some other stuff. So let's get to the next topic, which was our expectations for the season. Okay, good. Um, you, you sort of highlighted this for a second, Paul, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it back to you quickly. Yeah. You know, we don't need to get into a game preview because we're talking about winning enough games to win a, a division and get into the playoffs. It, it's a bit like It's a bit like last year, but even more so. I think last year was a bit about there was some level of it's not a fluke, right? Like that was a good mm-hmm. thing about last year was it proved that 2020 wasn't a fluke. 2021 continued to be excellent for the team. So I think we're past wondering if the team is good or not. I think there's only one prize really that the Bills are after at this point. And uh, the rest of the year is about getting to that stage. So, you know, it, it, it might be be something to keep in mind as they play teams like the Rams. They have a very hard first four to six games based on what you would guess the schedule is um, and how good those teams are. But those first five or six games ultimately might might not matter much 
um, at the end of the year when, you know, presumably they're looking to win the East and host playoff games and, and push for a Super Bowl. So I think I've laid out what my expectations are. I mean, are yours any different? No, I mean, they're the, the same generally. I think, you know, and I, I break it down one, I, I would like to see fewer letdowns than last year. Uh, I don't want a Jacksonville game this right. year. I don't want a game where, like the Colts game, not that the Colts weren't a decent team, but where you just get blown out of the water and don't show up in a game that had some significance uh, at the time. They're not going to go 17-0. No one ever has. And so Frank pointed out, you know, we had high expectations at the beginning of last year because we knew it wasn't a fluke, and they got into the AFC Championship game. So we were really thinking about the big game last season. Uh, and then they got a little off track really right from week one. They stumbled out of the gate against the Steelers. I would like to definitely see them more consistent this year. That is where they lacked in 2021. They were great uh, toward the end of the season. But even the offensive inconsistency, it was there early in the season. It was there certain games. It was there even in the finale against the Jets, where if they were facing a better team, that could have been a, a problem, just winning the division. So I want to see them have fewer letdowns than we saw. I think they need to get better in one score games. They were, uh, what in one score games last year, something like Oh, and six or Oh, and seven or excuse me, no own five. And they were then, uh, they only, and then they were something like what 11 and one in one score games. So they were really earned two score games or more. So I'd like to see them do a better job of finishing opponents in close games. It's something that they didn't do, uh, at all last year, regular season or playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's an improvement. And then I won't get into individual players too much because we'll do that, I'm sure, on the next pod. But Frank brought up who's going to be the emergence guy. You know, last year, I don't think we talked a lot about Dawson Knox. We kind of felt he was not going to he was who he was. He progressed greatly in his third season. We saw the same with mm-hmm. Ed Oliver. And that was a, a huge plus for us. And then there were some things we didn't identify as problems, like right tackle. We thought, oh, Daryl Williams just signed a big deal. He's the right tackle for a while. Star Lutalele looks great coming off injury. He's going to be great on the interior. Cole Beasley's got at least two more solid seasons. Not even on the team, these guys. Yeah. Yeah. All of them are now gone, and all of them had their performance really fade as the year went on. So we're hoping to have fewer of those this year. So on the kind of the general whole, our big expectation on where we want this team to go uh, come February of this of 2023 is the same. And I think some of these overcoming, some of these things are going to be the way that, that they get there. Um, just, just looking at the long-term view. I mean, I think um, they got to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. They have to win the Super Bowl. This, this is the year. I, I, I will say, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Ooh, wow. Let's go ahead and say that. You can, you can say it here. Um, you know, I think injuries are, injuries are, are tough to predict. And that could be the thing that easily derails, you know, this team, like any other team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they have the talent. I don't think there's a team that's better than in the league. I think, um, if they don't do it this year, they will officially like the next off season, especially if it's another close playoff loss, it's all they're going to hear about. Is yeah. Can't win the big the one. Bills. Here, here come the bills again. Another, Another kind of AFC champion Bills team that's just not quite good enough to win the Super Bowl. Not quite getting it done in the big game. Because that's it's gonna happen. Like I understand these aren't the same Bills as old. I understand that. But on some level, like you like this would happen with any team that didn't have the Bills history. If you had this amount of talent 
and this amount of success of getting to an AFC championship game. You know, it, it'll be, if you don't win it this year, it'll be four straight years in the playoffs, um, you know, and no, no, no Super Bowl wins. And there are teams that, that can go and do that for an extended period, but usually those teams, um, you know, they'll have a Super Bowl in there or, you know, I, I, it would be an interesting research project and I don't know that I'll have time to do it, but to kind of look at how many teams have gone to this, gone to playoffs four straight years and haven't, haven't won a Super Bowl. I'm sure there's a fair bit, but with this team, it's going to happen more, more often because, uh, because of that history. And so it's going to be very mm-hmm. tough for them to get through that. Um, I, I think uh, the pressure will, will increase a lot. And, you know, in terms of individuals, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it more later, but I think, um, you know, for me, I think I put a lot on Gabe Davis, who is now going to have to be like a real, real number two. And I think he, he's got the talent. I think he can. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's, it's a lot is going to be on him with with Diggs presumably getting a lot of the coverage. And he obviously did great at it in the KC game and, and at other times. So I think he can do it. I think that'll be big. Um, and then Miller, you know, Von Miller has to has to prove that that the playoffs was not, you know, kind of a fluke because he was not setting the, the league on fire. Um, the previous weeks of the season, like he was, he was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't Von Miller, all pro potential future Hall of Famer Von Miller that right. he then turned into in his Super Bowl run. So um, I think there's a lot on him to, to get done this year. I mean, I think he, I think he still can, but you know, 17 games plus, you know, 20 plus three in the playoffs that gets you to 20. It's, it's that's a lot mm-hmm. of, that's a lot of games. So anyway, we'll see. No, that's good. I think I think you highlight some really good stuff there, Scott, because I as you said that I'm thinking about their playoff appearances. And, you know, the first one is it's sort of a miracle that they even make it. Uh, and then the first one with Allen mm-hmm. is, you know, the good old, hey, there's some promise, right? Like good for them. Like they they sort of got there on some merits and they need some to improve, but they got there. And then the the next one was kind of almost the holy shit one, right? Like the the accidental win, like maybe that's the. Maybe that's like the Bengals making the Super Bowl, right? Like that would have been how they were viewed and people would have, you know, but they lose to a good Chiefs team who then loses to a uh, the, the the Buccaneers and you're going, well, great, they're right in the mix. And then even last year, you have a, a historical game that's played that where wherein the offense does nothing wrong uh, and they lose based on, um, you know, the, a, a handful of seconds and, and, and most of the narrative is not about kansas city still being better than buffalo other than i'm sure in places like kansas city um but you know like the game should not have ended that way like there was a lot of excuse making not just from bills fans about that so i think if they if they duck they changed the damn overtime rule because of it (laughs) right and if so i think you're right scott if they duck out early this year they don't make it to the super bowl and 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 maybe even even if they don't win it i think that's going to be the narrative now like well what are we waiting for? What's going on? You added all these pieces. What's what's missing? Um, which, as you know, I'm sure a longtime Braves fan could tell you, sometimes nothing's missing. You just didn't do it <laughs> like, yeah. until 2021. Yeah. Damn it. Right. Well, yeah. good. You know, good for our friend, Scott. Um, you know, I'm still in for them over the Mets because. Right. Well, there's, I, there's, there's like, a couple other ones. There's 95. You know, <laughs> But Those are the two in your lifetime, Scott. Of course, Frank and I have yeah. one, so I guess yes. we should. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'll, all to say that sometimes you can be the – like the number of years that the best team doesn't win the championship is more than you would think. Yeah. So, you know, sure. we'll have to see. But the point is I, I think certainly they're good enough to get into that conversation. And then really all the hard work starts in 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 January this year. Um, 
and which doesn't preclude them needing to do a bunch of work now because as Paul points out, you know, if you don't lose to Jacksonville uh, some in some 6-3 dog mm-hmm. game, uh, you very well may be hosting Kansas City instead of going there. And in which case, you don't know, like the, that could have been enough. That could have been the difference between getting over that hump there this is. past year versus having to do it next there year. Is. All right. So, uh, listener questions. We yes. got a boatload, but we're ready for We them. do. Um, do we start with the, the, the great no, one? No, we're going to leave the big one for last, and I'm okay. not going to read all of Lars's notes, but I'm okay. going to refer people to Twitter. Um, I have it up, too, so why don't I read the first one? Scott, I, you know what, Scott? I'm going to skip the first one because I pasted it in the chat for Scott. Um, okay. I, I want Scott to have a minute to think about it because I think Scott would have a good answer. Scott's our history guy. So I'm going to start I don't with... Have- yeah, I, I just to be clear, my phone does not really like Skype that much, so I can't okay. really see the chat. Okay. So maybe well, we read it. the question now to Scott and then we address it later. Right. Okay. So sure. Scott, El Super's question is: Will the blessed city of Buffalo completely burn down the second the Bills win the Super Bowl, or will the mafia wait until the parade to torch the place? Explain your answers using non-sports historical analogies. So whenever you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need, a, need a second on that one. But yeah, I was like, going to say Scott, like. like you, I, as I do I, and I felt like, you know, El Super, he deserves a, a better answer than just making you fumble through it. Like, I figured if we gave you a second, you might do that. So I'm going to jump ahead to Nick. Nick, how discouraged should we be if the Bills lose to the Rams? I obviously think they'll win, but how much of a letdown could it be? Along the same lines, how bummed are we about Trey White being on IR? Um, I mean, I think we've addressed Trey White. I think that obviously everybody would be happier if he was playing, but this is all where he's supposed to be. You know, I think there was a lot of talk like he was going to come back and we talked ourselves into it collectively. But personally, I never expected him to play before, you know, the middle of the fall. Uh, cause that's just how these injuries are. And when he comes back, I, there could be some talk about like, Oh, he just, is not as fast. It's like, yeah, that might be the case because you know, he's coming back from that injury as to whether the bills lose the Rams. I mean, you can only ever be so disappointed losing to the defending super bowl champions. Um, there are, the bills are a road favorite and we aren't going to do a full game preview right now, but I, you know, if they don't beat the Rams, I, I, I'm, you know, I want them to win. It'll be a great party. It's a good viewing for everybody. It will drive narratives one way or the other, but um, don't be that discouraged. It's a, it's a game. I mean, it's one game out of 17. It's a non-conference game against an excellent opponent in their house at home. So, you know, if they lose that game, I'd rather them lose that game than any AFC game. And that's fine by me. Paul, do you have different Thoughts no, on same, same thoughts. Yeah. If we win, it's a party. It's happy. Woo, woo. What a great start to the season. They're a road favorite against Super Bowl champs. This is awesome. But of all the games they could lose for all the reasons that Frank outlined, NFC opponent, one of the best teams, if not the best team on their schedule this year, going to take a little while to work out the kinks in an opener. Um, I'll be sad, just like I am at the end of every loss. Um, it would be, you know, I don't want to use the word discouraging because I wouldn't say it's discouraging. They lost the opener of the Steelers last year and then went 11 and five, won a playoff game and were this close to going to the AFC title and possibly the Super Bowl. So, you know, same answer as Frank. I'd also like to point out that um, this was this was liked on Twitter by a porn bot. So you must have said something dirty in that text that I can't parse, but. Good job, Nick. And what's funny is I thought that question originally came from the porn bot. I'm like, that is the most insightful porn bot question <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it was, high, it was high actually, level 
AI there. But as it turns out, it was Nick who asked the question, and then it was liked by somebody who'd like us to visit their website. Um, Scott, do you have any thoughts about the Bills Rams if they were to lose? And then if you, hopefully you've you've got some thoughts about the the burning of of Buffalo should it should it occur. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be a bummer, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose the whole season. I mean, again, just with Trey White being out, I think that that to me gives me enough of a mental excuse to get through the first game. Um, but then, yeah, it gets pretty serious after that in terms of like needing to put some wins uh, on the board. So I think that's it. Um, I'm going to do need to do just a teensy bit more research okay. on uh, yeah. there's, and then I will be good to go the next time we come around. Okay, good. Well, that's good. I'm I, I'm going to start with um, Lars's Lars's question uh, or comment, really. Um, and I I'm not going to be able. So right, hi Lars. Lars, of course, uh, Bills and Beers, right? Former former uh, host of that show. Excellent question, as you would expect from Lars, or excellent comment. Um, but we had been discussing the cutting of Matariza and the. Um, in fact, it was my question that was this, so I should read it. Um, I wanted to know, uh, is there a reasonable position to take where you are happy the punter is gone, but also you don't think the Bills took too long or broke the public trust and actually did a reasonable reasonable job, all things considered? And I asked this question because I must have read the same column five times by five different people about how the Bills had broken the public trust um, by – how they handled this situation with Matariza. And I had also read like the dumbest false equivalency tweet about some Browns guy who was mad, who said that, you know, they shouldn't be holding themselves out for having done something good because if this was just Josh Allen, we all know that they wouldn't have cut him or whatever. And, and so like this, this like tickled all of my, my lawyer brain things. And so I have a long answer to this. Um, or a longer answer. And I'm debating whether I should go first and you guys can react to it. Or if you guys want to say something unpolluted by my thoughts, Paul, I mean, I'll let yeah, you decide. Yeah, I, I could say something unpolluted because I'm not going to okay. talk long about this and okay. yours from the legal perspective will hit higher points than I will hit on this. Perhaps, well, some points, yeah. I, mean, I, would, I, would I say higher. I agree. I feel like to answer your question, you know, I I, I was, I'm happy he's gone, and I don't think the Bills took too long and broke the public trust. And I, I believe I referenced on the last pod, they had two similar types of issues involving LaShawn McCoy, and, mm -hmm. where accusations proved to be false, and Terrell Dodson, where there were shreds of truth to the accusations. He confronted those, he went through those, he talked to everyone about those, and then he's been a model citizen for, for years. They were nothing along the lines of the severity of the ones they right. were facing Matariza. But what the Bills were obligated to do, having been through those two situations in recent years, is, all right, let's listen to Matt's side. They got the story in late July, and they heard him, like, okay, this is going to become a thing, but we're, you know, we'll address it when it, it, it comes up, when when this, you know, is, you know, when we, we know more details. I think what happened, if I had to guess, is when, even though they said the Bills knew in late July, I don't think they knew the extent of the details in that then came out. In mid August, mm -hmm. you could tell by Sean McDermott's post game against Carolina, which we're obviously not going to discuss that game at all, nor should we, mm -hmm. um, that he was very disturbed because I feel what had been laid out in this, the stories had been a lot different than what they got from Adariza. I think once that came to their level, they had a discussion. They said, okay, 
you know, Matt at the very least has been deceptive toward us and at the very least has committed statutory rape and um, something generally very, very skeevy of, of any human being. So we need to get him out of here. Uh, was it handled perfectly? Who, how are these things handled perfectly? I mean, I've worked it, I've managed 30 plus legal secretaries at a time and there are some complex issues that come across your plate. Thank God, nothing like this, but that involve a lot of difficult decisions. Lars, is, as we've discussed, has been in this room uh, before too, you know, in HR, these are not easy decisions. Um, but I think with what's happened with Rise, with the severity of this, with what at a bare minimum he committed and with probably being deceiving to the team, it was good to let him go. And I'm, you know, Bills could have done some things better, but you know what, who can't do things better in these situations? I think they handled it as, you know, reasonably well. Okay. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to reiterate that Lars's comments are excellent. I mean, you should go to twitter.com, right? Look up MNY Bills and look at the conversation between me and the Bill. I'm I'm Fark 101 and 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 the Maybe Next Year account and also Lars and read that entire thread because he he does a great job of sort of discussing it with me. I think that what had really irked me about a lot of the the columns that I had read were, um, you know, you mentioned that like there's this call from a lawyer in late July, which clearly doesn't have all of the details, right? I think they've even said it that much. Like it didn't have the details that this civil complaint has. And a lot of the columns are like, well, why didn't you ever call the lawyer back? And to me, that's sort of like a false, like that's a misleading question because if the lawyer had something to say, that lawyer had all the opportunity they need to say it right then if they felt like more needed to say. And I think that what people forget is lawyers are not that no, that lawyer didn't call the bills to do the bills a favor right the lawyer is not in the business of as a lawyer i can say you are not in the business of doing somebody else a favor and letting them know like hey you have a really skeevy punter the reason you as a lawyer call the bills to tell them they have a really skeevy punter is to create pressure on that punter whether right or wrong to settle this case to you know, admit guilt or supply money to the the your client. Everything you do is at the behest of your client. So I have no problem with the bills. Um, you know, there's a there's a wide chasm between I don't believe the the uh, victim's story and having to take at face value what the lawyer says on a particular phone call in July. And one of the steps in between or one of the more corroborating steps is when you actually file a civil complaint and where you have to allege facts. And if you make up facts wholesale in complaints, you can do things like lose your bar license. It gets much more serious. You can tell the bills anything you want to tell. There's no such thing as a law about lying to somebody. I mean, there are, there are perjury laws and stuff and like that is different, but like you can call the bills and describe things kind of however you want to, whatever you think is going to get your client the best outcome. And again, that is not to say that like this lawyer did lie to the bills or we shouldn't believe the lawyer, but I think we should take the lawyer's story with a grain of salt. And I think they compared it to Matt's story and Matt's attorney's story. And then when the allegations came out, they said, well, here's all these new things that we know, right? And if you, well, they, they just, there just seemed to be a real, like easy dismissal of what the bills should have done. And just, again, as an attorney, 
thinking about it for more than two minutes, um, there's a lot of problems with that line of thinking. It's just, you know, you have a police force that's investigating it. They're not going to tell you anything because it's an active investigation. You have a university that has been told by the police not to, to investigate it. So we don't even know what the university knows. The attorney for the client, again, the victim, again, has had a chance to call you and told you and did all that and calling them back. Why would you think they would tell you more? And again, you would still have to sort of just be careful with the source of information. Um, and then everybody else is mad. So you are stuck in this position where you have to cut somebody as a punter. And if you're the bills, maybe you say there's no way we can justify cutting Matt Ariza right now based on performance. So if you do cut Matt Ariza, you're going to have to answer a bunch of questions about why. And that, of course, creates a dis, you know, that does him a disservice for his defense. Not that I necessarily think he deserves a lot of credit here, but whatever. Um, and I am sure now that I now that I've seen them sign a punter, that somebody somewhere in the front office had done the homework on punters and said, hey, we don't really think Matt Hack is all that good. So we're going to get we could do better than him anyway with the list of punters that are coming out. So why wouldn't we cut him now, get a new punter if we have to. Um, but in the meantime, see if anything comes of this stuff with Matt, you know, and then the moment the complaint comes out again, that creates a new level of certainty on fact. Like there's a more serious nature. I just I can't explain it any way other than that. Like it is a bigger deal to file a complaint than to allege something. And it's just there's a there's an there's an evidentiary burden. There's a weight to it, which isn't to say that it has to be all the way true. But you you, you really can't make it up whole cloth. You have to have some stuff because you're going to get into a lot of trouble if you've just sort of made this up. Um, and so I don't I really don't have a problem with the bills doing that. And then, of course, you have to as the bills cover your own liability. You know, what is the players union going to say about cutting a player based on these allegations? What is what are the implications if we do cut him or say, what can we say or can't we say? Cause we don't want to pull ourselves into this. The last thing they want to get pulled into is a criminal or civil litigation, having to send their own lawyer down there to like testify or produce evidence. They're trying to protect their own liability too. So for me, it's an ugly, ugly situation. I'm really glad the bills are out of it. And I think there is room to accept the idea that the bills probably handled it really well. I don't know that they did. But I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it's not as simple as Matthew Fairburn and Jay Skursky and, you know, the five other people I could mention who all wrote the same opinion piece uh, and then moved on with their lives because they just were sort of, you know, taking the temperature of the room and thought this will get a lot of clicks, in my opinion. Um, Scott, I have said quite a bit. Um, you are welcome to comment on this if you like. Uh, you are welcome to move on to the history story or or the, the your, your history tweet, so, whatever you are comfortable I, with. It is now your couple of minutes. Can I can I ask, please? What about the what about the press conference? L.A. Times, three June, claims yeah. that five state football players raped a girl followed by months of silence. Right. So you don't feel like and and it's referenced in that article, which I have up that that. The police said its investigation is ongoing, but refused to provide basic details about it, including date, location, incident, suspects. Right. Um, I think. And then at, when the bills get that phone call from the lawyer being like, this is one of your guys. You don't put two and two together and be like, this is now a he's tied to not just like 
you know, routine stuff, but things that we will cut him for three weeks from now, if and when it goes public. I that is a really fair question. And I want to take this moment to, to really clarify my position that like I'm very happy that they cut him. And if they had cut him sooner, I would have been okay with that. I, I don't too. Yeah. right, right. But just for anybody but, listening. But to say that yeah, okay. But, but do you f- still feel that that the Bills couldn't have done something better in this case? I guess I I don't want to say that they could not have done something better. I I get it. Like that article definitely came out before before the phone call or at the same time as the phone call and they knew probably some of that stuff bef- more so before then. But I again, I think there is a difference between um what an attorney says um and you know that's an LA Times article that's been been um you know as far as I know never reached out to the players uh, for comment or the 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 the, the 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 suspected criminals. God, I'm I'm a terrible lawyer. I can't even think of the word. <laughs> the first first one in June doesn't name any any players. Right, doesn't name anybody, and then it names them. Right. What what I'm saying is that like the one in August does, which is after he was after right. He was right. Well, there again, like if you're the Bills and you want to find out what the police know, or, or you know what are the actual what what facts have been confirmed i think that you certainly could go off of that article you could have made that choice and said hey we've done these things we we let go of matt now you're going to have to answer questions about why you let go of matt um you know with that before that uh before anybody gets named uh and mm-hmm. that's going to you know because you, you yeah so i mean that's to me like yeah i mean violation of public trust is a, a heavy burden for yeah. a private football team. So right. let's 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 not overstate this. This is a right. private company trying to do what's what trying in the public eye. So let's not right. let's not get too up on our horses. But to say that like to me like yeah, I I would have been confident that it to me like the most like as much as like I take Frank's point that the lawyers not doing the bills any favors and and if you're the bills, you know, there's there's a little bit of logic gains, but this seems to be at minimum a failure of imagination um of like well boy what are the odds that this you know is never going to go public and never going to blow up in our faces i, I guess and part not of what's at an missing, inopportune time sure i i guess i what i think part of what's missing is in that in that scenario is that if you've talked to matt Ariza and and he and he just sort of says like look this did not happen right and i have a lawyer and this this is what is happening and Part of the reason that the police haven't, don't have anything is because, like, this didn't happen. You, you might be gun shy about, you know, putting all of that together that fast. The other thing is, like, in addition to the complaint, we don't really know what else the bills were told, right? Like, maybe something else came became really clear that yeah. we weren't told about. So I guess all I wanted to do was to make sure to leave room for the bills to say, like, you know, we did all the things we thought were right at the time, you know, and – you know, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 it's obviously we're all good. It's yes. Um, moving on to the original question. So, um, I've, I thought about, I mean, I think the, the class, I wanted to go different from the classic world war one to world war two. Cause that's just too, it's too yeah. easy. That's, that's anyone, anyone can do that. One. Um, I went back to the Punic wars. I thought about those, but those kind of steadily escalated over the time. That's only when they got to the third Punic war was, Carthage really burned down and fall to the ground. Because for me, I think I go to the uh, the Napoleonic Wars, and I'm okay. going to go to, um, I think, the 
the mafia will burn down Buffalo the night that that um, that the Bills win the Super Bowl, and that will be much on a par with Napoleon's victory at Austerlitz, something that they're going to study in history books for like texts on how to destroy a city. Like the way that they study Napoleon at Austerlitz, they're going to destroy. They're going to they're going to study how the Bills mafia take apart Buffalo piece by piece over the course of that. Um, then later after the parade through the ruins of the city, that is, so that was the war of the third coalition. When we get to the war of the fourth coalition, you know, then it's, you know, there'll be some minor rioting at that point. It'll probably get up to, you know, up to, uh, you know, up to Niagara Falls, you know, on the Canadian side of the border a little bit. That's your Jenna. That's, you know, that's still another solid, you know, victory for the rioters um, in, in Buffalo at that point. But not something that's going to go down as an all-timer, like 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 what's going to happen in the middle of the Super Bowl. So that is your that is that enough of a parallel? I love it. I, you did. You went above and beyond, Scott. Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll and, keep my answer shorter because I don't have Scott's ability oh. uh, to go on about history. So I will just note it's been 209 years since Buffalo was burned to the ground. Uh, I think we're we're eager to do it again. We we're still upset that the British did it the first time. It's it's our turn to burn our own city. Damn it. So yeah, it'll be the it'll be that night. I don't think it'll be the, that night. I think they'll wait. Well, maybe they'll just have the parade on July 16th, but they'll they'll incorporate in, into like a 716 celebration, I think. Um that's that's my guess. But now I'm going to make Scott talk more because we have to do wacky schedule. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and right. then we have uh this day in Bill's headlines, but I'm good. I know they're reversed in that order on this thing, but we're going to do wacky schedule cuz cuz Scott I'm going to make Scott talk. Yeah. I got to go first. I got to yes. go fast. All right. Home versus Jets, except it's not a home game. It's on. I don't think we've done. I don't think we've done top of the world and bottom. Of the world. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Not we've that I can recall. Some... I have to reference my old spreadsheets, right. but I don't think so. Okay. We're going to go so... home versus Jets on top of Mount Everest. Everyone is, everyone has sufficient. Um, they've, they've leveled the field. They've leveled the top of Mount Everest. It's now <laughs> slightly shorter than it was. And okay. uh, you know, full NFL game. Um, everyone has sufficient air tanks to allow them to continue to perform, but they do have to kind of carry their air tanks on their backs to, you know, keep up with the, obviously the, you know, the, the altitude, um, you know, not, not definitely a challenge in addition to the weather, obviously going to be cold and windy, um, you know, in December too, up on top of Mount Everest. Yeah. Well, I mean, even worse. Thank God we're not you know, playing if it was a summer day. If it's a summer day on, um, Mount Everest is a completely different game, but um, yep. you know that December that's gonna be it's gonna be real real pain. All right, uh, let's go let's go Frank first. Okay, um, look, Buffaloes are very warm and 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 stuff, but they don't get as high as Jets. You know, I think mm. the Jets are gonna have a little bit of an advantage based on mascot, um, which I think is how I'm gonna decide this game. I think it's a stunning upset. Scott Paul didn't want any. Crapola games, any any hiccups? I think this is going to be their hiccup. I think they're going to lose to the Jets based solely on the fact that the Jets, uh, in fact, are used to flying that high in the air, as opposed to Buffalo, who are not used to actually being at the top of Mount Everest. So, right, oh. I I I think yeah. When you go by mascot, Buffalo is not going to get the altitude of the Jets. So it would be a Jets victory for using altitude to decide this. I am using. Um, history in that part of, you know, of the teams in that part of Asia, to my knowledge, uh, former Buffalo Bill Ed Wong is still the only 
player from China who's you know uh, played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wang. Wang. Ed Wang. Was it Wang? I always thought it was pronounced Wang. I mean, it was W A N G. Yes, it was right? yes. Ed Wang. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to call him Ed Wong uh, and be insensitive. No, <laughs> Ed Wang. It is. Fabulous. Um, so I think it's going to be like when uh, we used to watch uh, Chin Ming Wong, which I am pronouncing correctly, and is W A N G. Nationals Park. A uh, huge contingent of fans of Chinese descent cheering for for uh, Chin Ming, and I think that improved his performances uh, when he was on that 2011 and 2012 Nats teams. I think it's going to be similar. I think the Bills are going to have the the home support, a lot of more Ed Wang jerseys than you've seen in your life uh, on top of Mount Everest at this point in the game. So, yeah, I'm going to say the Bills take this one because it's going to end up being like a home field advantage sort of thing. I'd like to say I already know I am wrong. I already know I'm wrong. Bills win because this is still just a football game. <sighs> bills are the Bills are way ahead in this one. So, all right, uh, I just got to wrap it up. Signal from Andrew, so we're going a little faster. All right, okay. Home right. versus Dolphins, except not at home. Now at the bottom of the world in the Mariana Trench. Again, do the Dolphins have an advantage? Um, also, with you know full suits, um, you know oxygen supplied. Everyone has been trained how to successfully operate the scuba suits. Scuba suits, but or it's not just scuba. They need the full you know, iron, you know, James Bond in, which one was the one in Greece? And they're all in the big, the big suits under the water. Um, oh no, this is going to kill me. But anyway, they're in the big yeah, suits, the, like the, the high pressure, high yeah, pressure. Like Jacques suits, Cousteau okay, would be wearing sort of, yes. Yeah, the scuba exactly. Suits, all right. Yeah. So we'll start with, start with Paul on this one. I remember yeah. I feel like you're deliberately giving the bills disadvantages here with the top and bottom of the world games. Cause top of the world, as Frank noted, we're playing the high altitude jets bottom of the world. Now it's like, Oh, we're going to put it in a deep oceanic trench. You know, it's almost like you thought there? about it. Is it dolphin? A dolphin could last there. And I'm going to take the cheap way out and copy Frank's answer from last time and say this is going to be that hiccup game because you're you're trying to swim underwater with dolphins uh, in the, the, the lowest part of the world. Uh, Buffalo, to my knowledge, aren't great swimmers. They certainly can't get to the depths that the, the dolphins could. Uh, I think this is certainly not just a football game. Uh, if we wanted to try and make that argument, um, Tua's lack of throwing ability, not a problem in this environment. Uh, this is a battle of the strongest <laughs> swimmers. So I'm going to say, by all accounts to me, this is a Dolphins win. Okay. My problem was I didn't realize in December, Paul, that it gets mm-hmm. to be negative 60 oh. on Everest. And I think actually the Jets would have a hard time flying. They probably like couldn't have enough de-icers, so in which case I probably should have picked the Bills. Um, I think the the pressure... Uh, who folds more under pressure, Tua Tagovailoa or Josh Allen? I don't know. I saw Josh Allen step up to a lot of pressure, and I'm not sure even the Marianas Trench can provide the type of pressure needed to break. You know, he's going to turn into a diamond, my boy Josh Allen. So I think the Bills win this. I think Tyreek Hill gets the bends. Very unfortunate, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's happening. Um, and uh, I think that Isaiah McKenzie wears the 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 diver's hat with helmet with the the big round circles and the and the tubes coming out of the top and looks like the ghost from Scooby Doo. But I'm going to take the Bills because they, I think they they work on better under pressure than the Dolphins. Okay, uh, the correct answer is the Bills. Yes, Frank is correct. The pressure key. Also, the Bills um, think going to have a better run game at this point. Run yeah, could be key at this point in the season. Um, for your eyes only, for those who are remembering that James Bond one with uh, increase. All right, uh, at Bears, except uh, this is Christmas Eve game, and the Bills have been replaced by uh, 
reindeers and the bears have been replaced by elves. All right, Frank, go. So the bears are, wait, who's replaced by elves? The, the bears are elves. Yeah. The bills are reindeers. Oh, elves versus reindeers. Okay. Do the elves have access to magic? Like probably uh, just toy making. No, hold on. You don't have to answer that. It's it's probably just yeah. like toy making magic though, because that's all really Santa yes. elves can do. Um, yeah. No, I think the Bills are going to win this if they're the Reindeers for sure. I mean, I, the the passing game is already excellent, and the fact that you could float over over elves is just like too delicious to pass up. And then literally, like, I mean, Von Miller, if Von Miller had antlers, he could kill seven or eight Bears players with just <laughs> one scoop of his. I think the unfortunate thing is this might be the end of the Chicago Bears. We might, um, you know, have some. Speaking of police charges, I mean, God, what could happen in this game? No, I think the, I think the Bills, uh, I think the Bills uh, stampede, if you will, uh, over over the Elvish Bears in this game. Yeah, I would agree. And I've just literally watched uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and uh, Return, uh, not Return of the King, Two Towers, and the extended editions, mind you. This week, this is what you can do, and you don't have children. You're like, I'm going to watch eight hours worth of Lord <laughs> of the Rings movies. Uh, so, with that in mind, we're using the same elvish logic used by by Frank. I'm going to have to take the bills in this one too. All right. Okay. Yes. No. The 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 bills the bills do get a win here. More fumbles for the bills than you might expect in a normal game, yeah. given the reindeers who's not, you know, normally equipped for carrying footballs. But I think they'll figure it out by the end, right? Yep. Um. All right. Uh, at the Bengals. Um, we are going to do again, kind of odd because the bills, of course, not actually named after a Buffalo per se, they're named mm-hmm. after the Buffalo bill, um, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals, technically their mascot is a tiger, but Bengal can be a lot of different things, the Bay of Bengal, you know, the ethnic kind of, uh, you know, persons in those areas often referred to as Bengalis, but in this case, they were the, the tiger, the Bengal tiger is specifically what they are chosen for. Um, but anyway, two large animals um, thrown up to supersize, um, battling it out. This is not a football game. This is just a a blood match of a giant buffalo versus a giant tiger. Are we uh, talking? Are we talking like Godzilla size? Like that big? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Godzilla size. So like they're they're battling it out. Like, I don't, well, I was thinking in the stadium, so it would still be they still fit in the stadium. So I guess I'd say that probably makes them like King Kong size. Yeah, not quite Godzilla. I'm mm. a, Paul's typing, right. so I'm going to go ahead. Um, yeah. I, I, yes. I, I, mean, I, I in, was typing, but yes, go ahead. I think in this case, you have to go with the Bengal tigers. I mean, they're clearly designed to to hunt and be a predator, and they're looking for animals. I think a buffalo, I mean, a buffalo can put up a fight, but a buffalo is a herd animal. Buffalo is looking to run away with all its friends or have a couple of friends gang up on something or you know, worst case scenario, just the slowest Buffalo gets killed by the predator. But in a one-on-one match, I don't really know what a Buffalo is going to be able to do against an actual tiger. So in this case, I think Cincinnati is going to get the win. Yeah, it's, yeah, I can't use the same answer Frank used because I did that twice in a row, but it's so hard to envision uh, in this. I, yeah. So King Kong Mothra sized versus Godzilla sized. Actually, mm-hmm. was Mothra. I'm trying to remember how big Mothra was now in this scenario. Uh, I've got to, you know what? I got to turn on uh, some time is of the essence, you. Paul. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. I will. I am going to steal Frank's logic and say the Bengals again, just because time is of the essence. No, Bills all the way. Uh, Giant Buffalo. Get them on the horns. 
mess with the bull, you get the horns. That's what happened. Oh, yeah. uh, no. All right. Game 17. Um, somehow the NFL decides to put this game on January 8th, which to me is way too late for a regular season. Football. <laughs> yeah. That is the that is the weird part of this game is that it's being played on January 8th. Bills versus Patriots. Uh, I see it as home versus Patriots. Yes. Home versus Patriots to end the year. So this is the one that's just the football game. I think just at this point game. in the season, uh, Mac Jones has shown to really develop as a quarterback and has absolutely no one to throw to. Uh, I'm going to say it's not as windy as it was in December of 2021 when these teams played. And yeah, I'm going to say this is just a football game. The Bills are just a better team than the Patriots. Uh, that playoff win is still fresh in my head. So what a nice way to end wacky schedule with a hell yeah, Bills win this game. Uh, last time they played the Patriots, they didn't have to punt. This time the punter is going to come out and score a touchdown. Uh, and Case Keenum is <laughs> going to have three passing touchdowns and Devin Singletary will also have a running touchdown because the rest of the starters are all chilling out. Uh, definitely the bills buy a 60 billion uh, against the Patriots in a regular football game, even if it's in January. I think, I think, I think the only way the bills lose this game is if they literally don't send any starters out and the Patriots yeah. have something to play. I think that could be it. And even then it's still a close game because I still like Case Keenan and the rest of our backup offense still being better than theirs. Um, right. But yeah, I think the Bills win. So, all right. I'm, I'm good. On to, on to a brief this day in Bills history. Just brief yep, this day in Bills brief. headlines because we are going to podcast again later this week and then we're going to get out of here. So go ahead and hit us, Paul. Sure. We will do the uh, three most recent headlines. I'll give you a heads <clears> up <throat> that none, none of these three Bills are currently on the active roster. So we're going to go back right. to 2021 bills to release tight end blank. See if you need hints before I continue. Um, OJ Howard last year. No, no, not, no, no. that's last not year. That's this year. Last year. Uh, Craig Nall. No, no, no. Okay, I'll, get, I'll give the I'll give the hint here. <laughs> oh, by the way, we didn't congratulate Quinton Morris for making the roster. Great job, Quinton. Uh, hard work you beat out OJ Howard. Blank was signed by the Bills earlier this offseason in free agency after spending. Two seasons in Seattle with the Seahawks. It was expected that Blank would. Oh, it's the guy from Wyoming. The Wyoming guy. I don't know his name. Um, He played with Allen in Wyoming. Yep. His name is Jacob Hollister. Hollister. How soon we forget. All right. 2020, Bills acquire linebacker Blank in trade with Panthers. Panthers selected Blank from the University of North Carolina in the 2018 draft. With the seventh round pick they received from the Bills for wide receiver Calvin Benjamin. So Calvin Benjamin turned into this guy, turned yes. into Someone a, a Bill. Panthers were set to release the 23-year-old linebacker, but the Bills swooped in at the final moment to complete a train, prevent him from entering waivers. He could end Ooh. up finding a depth role on the Bills' defense in due time, but he has mostly played on special teams early in his NFL career. Did he? Was he a special teamer or did he, he get cut? He was. And this is also one where I'm being a dick because I noted to you that none of the ones will be on the Bills 53-man roster. Oh, so true. who's the linebacker Deceptive. on the... Yeah. Joe Giles Harris? No, no. Keep searching <laughs> through that the agenda, though. You're going to come across the name. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall Philip Nay. <laughs> <laughs> you said linebacker. Yep. Andre Smith? Andre Smith. TED's Andre oh. Smith. There you go. And we will conclude this abbreviated This Day in Bills headlines uh, with 2019, the shocker. 
Bills start cutdown day with a shocker by releasing blank. The shocker. That was his name. Yes. The shocker. The shockmaster. Tugboat. Fred Ottman. No. That's a wrestling <laughs> reference from the 90s for anyone who remembers that. I could give hints, but I, I'll, you know, I'll give the quotes. Sometimes Josh. Could... they didn't cut Did Josh. No. This is before Josh. Yeah, so it's before. No, well, Josh was on the team. This does not involve a quarterback. Sometimes it comes down to where you have competition and a good player has to go. Being said on a conference call to reporters, we said all along, there's going to be some tough decisions. It doesn't get much tougher than cutting a guy with his record of production. Was it? Was it? No, they didn't cut LaShawn. Was it LaShawn? They did. It was LaShawn yeah, McCoy did. cut mm. on this day, if this day were September 1st, uh, in 2019. <laughs> and that was this abbreviated day in Bill's headlines. Good news, listeners. You'll have nine more headlines from September 1st next time we go at this. Very good. I really want to thank everyone for listening. We do have to go, so I'm, I'm not going to string it along. Um, we appreciate it. We'll be back uh, very quickly this week with a preview of the first four games as we usually do. We're going to talk about Bill's Rams, of course, and uh, get the season started. So thank you so very much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.